Good morning, everyone, and welcome into Inside the Hoosier Mind here on a beautiful Thursday morning here in sunny, gorgeous Dayton, Ohio. Um, wanted to do an update as far as some of the Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC news that we got, uh, some t statistics that go along with that, and then some kind of big NFL news as far as Aaron Rodgers is actually going to return for the Packers. And uh, they are also going to get a familiar face returned to them as well. So with that said, let's go ahead and get into this episode. Um, first thing I want to start with is the Texas and Oklahoma uh, to the SEC. So that has been confirmed. Um, they will be leaving the Big 12 by at least 2025. Uh, there was a very interesting thing brought up, though, um, that I believe it was Texas A&M as well as Missouri. Both wanted to go to the SEC, uh, declared they wanted to go to the SEC in 2011, and ended up actually playing for them in 2012 for Texas and Oklahoma. I believe that would be about a $75 million to $80 million range as far as them buying out their contracts to be able to play for the SEC. Uh, so at least for this year, for sure, will probably uh, be the last year that we see Texas and Oklahoma both in the Big 12 uh, and may potentially next year see them in the SEC. Now, I did mention last episode that I wasn't exactly a big fan of Texas doing that. Um, Texas has not had a lot of great success outside of the Big 12, uh, nor inside the Big 12. Uh, when I was doing some research, I actually found uh, a couple different things um, through Instagram that a couple people had brought up as far as uh, both Texas and Oklahoma's last meetings uh, with pretty big SEC teams. So the last last few matchups that Texas has had with the SEC going back to 2003. Uh, 2003, they faced Arkansas. They lost 38-28. to uh, 2004, they played Arkansas again. They won 22-20. to uh, 2008, so four years later, they faced Arkansas again. Uh, Texas won 52-10. Uh, 2009, they faced Alabama. They lost 37-21. to in 2012, Texas faced Old Miss. They won 66 to 31. In 2013, they faced Old Miss. Uh, they lost 44 to 23. Uh, the year after that, in 2014, they faced Arkansas. They lost 31 to 7. In 2017, they faced Missouri. They won 33 to 16. In 2018, they faced Georgia. They won 28 to 21. And most recently in 2019, they faced LSU and they lost 45 to 38. Now, the the only two that I'll really give them as far as maybe Texas starting to kind of throw their hat in the ring that they could compete with the SEC is the 2018 and 2019 against Georgia and LSU. So they not only they beat Georgia by a touchdown, which Georgia is usually pretty hard to face. If you look at the more perennial SEC teams, Georgia is almost always consistently in the running. Um, LSU, a lot of times, is kind of up and down. Uh, Alabama, of course, is always there. Auburn may or may not be in there, kind of depending on the year um, and how they do. Mississippi State typically is also ranked out of the SEC, uh, but the two major SEC teams that are almost always ranked is typically Georgia and Alabama. Uh, for Texas to have beat them in 2018 is pretty impressive. 
and then to only lose to the eventual uh, college football champs, the LSU Tigers, in 2019 by the score of a touchdown isn't necessarily bad. That shows that they were pretty much in that game for the most part, or they kept it close all the way down to the end. Um, now, I did say I would I would prefer to see Oklahoma potentially go in the SEC. Um, the last 10 meetings that Oklahoma has had, and Oklahoma has faced the SEC a little bit more frequently, mainly due to the college football playoffs, um, whereas Texas tends to face them, you know, once every few years just because of the scheduling, uh, with Oklahoma winning the Big 12 championship a lot more frequently than Texas does, uh, Oklahoma gets a chance to actually face them a lot more than Texas does. So the last 10 meetings that Oklahoma's had against the SEC, in 2008, they faced the Florida Gators, they lost 24-14. Uh, four years later, in 2012, they faced Texas A&M, they lost 41-13. to In 2013, uh, they beat Alabama 45-31. to In 2014, they faced Tennessee. They won 34-10. to uh, They faced Tennessee again the next year. In 2015, they won 31-24. to uh, And then in 2016, they faced Auburn, and they, law- they won 35-19. to uh, Then 2017, they faced Georgia. They lost 54-48. to Not bad. Uh, 2018, they lost against Alabama 45-34. to in 2019, they were blown out by LSU, 63 to 28, and then last year, uh, 2020 against Florida, they won 55 to 20. So not necessarily bad. Uh, Texas from 2003 to 2019 had five wins as compared to uh, five losses, so they were five and five. Oklahoma, ironically enough, also five and five in the SEC as far as the last five meetings goes against SEC teams. Um, not necessarily bad. Um, I, I still, I agree a little bit more with Oklahoma, Texas, not as much because again, those dates with Texas, 2003, 2004, you know, back to back, didn't really face anybody again until 2008. So that's four years later, uh, faced them in 2009 when they won the, uh, big 12. Then again, three years later, uh, then pretty consistent 2012, 2013, 2014, uh, another three-year gap, and then 2017, 2018, 2019, uh, with Sam Ellinger as the start, well, Shane Bouchelle and Sam Ellinger as your starters um, facing them. So, again, I could see Texas staying in the Big 12 more than I could Oklahoma. I think this is one of those, the SEC is bigger than the Big 12, a little bit more... Um, a little bit more visual as far as eyes across the nation, maybe a little bit more national recognition um, to go along with that. I think overall the school's attitudes, how they play, I don't know if they'll be able to match. I think Oklahoma will come very close. I don't necessarily know if Texas will, um, but it'll be interesting to see as far as the future goes to see how well Texas and Oklahoma goes with that. Uh, it'll also be interesting to see if they end up sticking with that and end up going to the SEC in 2025, or um, if they're able to go, uh, not this upcoming season, but the following season for 2022, uh, to see if we see the Oklahoma Sooners and Texas Longhorns as a part of the Southeastern Conference. As far as the NFL goes, uh, before I touch into the Packers, um, two of their division rivals have actually made moves as far as uh, NFL free agency and trades go. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings have signed D.D. Westbrook, the former Jaguar standout as far as wide receiver goes. So I think that gives them a very good wide receiver room overall. 
with Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and D.D. Westbrook. Uh, I remember watching D.D. Westbrook at Oklahoma. He was very good. I remember watching him for Jacksonville. Um, kind of surprised that Jacksonville didn't re-sign him and let him go. Um, they did have, they do still have D.J. Chark from LSU. Uh, they signed Marvin Jones in the offseason. Um, I think that was a really good addition for them. Marvin Jones has been very consistent uh, from his days, not only in Cincinnati, but even last year when he was with Detroit. Uh, and then, of course, both the Packers and Vikings, uh, division rival the Bears, uh, traded Anthony Miller to the Texans. Um, I don't really know how I feel about that. Anthony Miller was pretty solid for the Bears. I think it also gave them a legitimate number two option uh, behind Allen Robinson, um, where now I think they're going to go more with Mooney, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, I kind of watched Mooney last year. He didn't really make a lot of big plays. He didn't make kind of as big of a splash as some of the other younger receivers did, but I don't think he's necessarily bad. Um, I do think Chicago needs to go out and get a legitimate number two receiver um, to not only keep... Uh, Justin Fields happy, but to keep Allen Robinson happy. I mean, it, it's very widely known that Allen Robinson is the number one wide receiver in Chicago. Um, however, with that comes a lot of consequences. Uh, as a result, you know, every team's best corner is going to cover him, uh, and you, you can't just, you know, throw the ball to Allen Robinson, throw it up there, and hope that he's going to get it. You know, majority of the time, do I think he'll probably win that matchup? Yes. Um, but eventually if he gets hurt or, you know, eventually they're going to double team him and that's, that's just not going to work. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they address that, uh, whether they address that in maybe next year's draft or maybe free agency, uh, or maybe even a trade. Uh, there's a lot of people think that Andy Dalton should probably get traded, which I don't necessarily think that's fair. I think Andy, Andy had a rough time in Cincinnati, especially towards the end, you know, his, you know, A.J. Green was basically out the entire year. Um, Tyler Boyd kind of had to step up. John Ross was more or less a bust for them more than anything. Um, Tyler Eifert was gone, also very injury-prone. Um, and unfortunately, that defense just finally got older and eventually gave out. And I think with Marvin Lewis as the head coach as well and one of the stingiest and uh, most tight money-wise, financially-wise, and the owner of the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't, I don't think it was really fair for Andy. I think he did really well for the Bengals for what, uh, for when he was there, uh, taking in the playoffs, never really went far as far as the playoffs go, um, or had any playoff wins, but I think Andy did really well for those Bengal teams. Um, considering what he had in Dallas last year, I think he also did really well. Um, ended up actually having them win a few games. Uh, even with basically a completely decimated offensive line, um, fantastic weapons that he never had in Cincinnati, um, even with Zeke having a really bad down year um, and the defense being as abysmal as it was, he kept Dallas in a lot of games and even at 6-10 and 10 and as bad as the NFC East was last year, um, kept them in contention for the NFC East and going into the playoffs, even with all of that said. So for him to go to Chicago... Um, them drafting Justin Fields, which I think him going to Chicago is a better better fit than him having gone to the Jets. I even mentioned that before uh, before the draft, that if I was the Jets, um, as far as overall better quarterback, I would have taken Fields. However, I am happy for Fields that he didn't go to the Jets uh, because I think he's in a much better scenario uh, than uh, Zach Wilson will be. Um which, speaking of uh, the NFC North, uh, we'll move on to Green Bay. So 
uh, Aaron Rodgers did, in fact, um, come to an agreement with the Green Bay Packers. Basically, he is guaranteed to stay there uh, this year. They can't trade him. They can't get rid of him. Uh, but then he has the option in 2022, so after the end of the season, uh, to leave if he should show choose. Um, and then Devontae Adams, uh, the star wide receiver for the Packers, uh, has also broke off any type of long-term extension uh, with the Packers. Now, I would say for the Devontae Adams thing, I would say that is actually a win for the Packers. A lot of Packers fans would probably argue with me that that is not the case. Um, but hear me out. You know, Devontae's starting to get older. He is considered, uh, you know, the number one wide receiver in the NFL. Um, you know, you could definitely make arguments for DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Stephon Diggs, you know, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown. Um, you know, nonetheless, I you you could definitely argue that he, he may not necessarily be everyone's number one wide receiver, but he is a definitive top five wide receiver, really, no matter how you look at it. Um, so for him not to sign long-term with them, I think is a good thing, mainly being if Aaron Rodgers does decide to leave in 2022, um, it's already said that Devontae would love to go play with uh, Derek Carr, so he would love to go to uh, Las Vegas to play with the Raiders if Carr is still there, um, which makes sense. So I think he's not only leaving that, but if Aaron doesn't want to be there and Devontae Adams is watching Jordan Love, which I think we'll have a better idea of how Jordan Love is going to be with this preseason, uh, now that there is going to be a preseason, which is fantastic. Um, I don't, I, if, I'm, if I'm Devontae, I wouldn't want to stay there. You know, yes, you're going to be the number one targeted wide receiver. Um, Numbers-wise, are you probably still going to be there? Maybe. Uh, we don't really know until we get to see a little bit more of Jordan Love. Um, but I consider this a win for the Packers because if, if Devontae does want out, I mean, you're not going to be in basically a cap lock with him. You know, if Devontae doesn't stay there, then you're not, you know, you don't have to pay him, you know, $70 million guaranteed, whatever the contract might be, and then whatever his cap hit would be for the following year. So, I mean, it, it doesn't really put Green Bay in a lock then if Devontae doesn't sign long-term with them, which I think is actually a very good move. Um, and I think even though Packers fans might not want to admit it, uh, that is actually a very beneficial thing. And then I think to kind of hopefully smooth over some rough edges with, with Green Bay, um, and with the Packers' ownership, uh, they did trade for Randall Cobb. Uh, they have to make some cap, like some cap adjustments, as far as moving moving some money around. Uh, but that's expected to basically be official that Randall Cobb is going to come back to Green Bay um, pretty pretty soon. So they so they got one of Aaron's favorite target back. Um, I like and I don't like this. Um, Randall, I think, is definitely getting older. Uh, he wasn't always injury-prone in Green Bay. He had a little bit of injury history. Um, I remember watching him for Dallas. He played really well. Um, for the Texans last year, he, he was okay for the dumpster fire that is the Texans. Um, but, you know, they they finally drafted a wide receiver for the, the first time in forever um, that has legitimate um, potential as far as star, star receiver um, from Clemson, I think, Amani Rodgers. Uh, who is a true slot receiver, and they compared him to Randall Cobb. So I could kind of see this as a good thing for Green Bay. 
um, you know, kind of bring the veteran guy in. Hey, this is who everybody's comparing you to. We want you to study Randall's game. We want you to kind of see how Randall does this. Uh, we want you to potentially build that bond with Aaron Rodgers and or even potentially Jordan Love uh, if they decide that Jordan Love is for sure going to be the future uh, if Aaron decides that he doesn't want to stay in Green Bay or not. Which leads me into, I am going to start my NFC um, division predictions, especially now that preseason is around the corner. Um, the first game is actually supposed to start here in about a week. Uh, on August 5th with uh, the Steelers taking on the Cowboys uh, in Canton for the Hall of Fame game. Uh, so I'm actually going to go over the NFC North. Um, the NFC North I want to go ahead and knock out since now that we know for sure Aaron Rodgers is actually going to be in the division. Um, this might actually surprise a lot of people as far as my picks go. Um, again, a lot of this is just due to so many other teams actually getting better and then just a lot of teams kind of having question marks um, as far as how they're going to go, um, of course, at the bottom of the bottom of the division, I have the Detroit Lions going four and thirteen. Uh, they start out hosting San Francisco. I consider that a loss. Uh, then they travel to Green Bay, which I think they'll lose. They host Baltimore, lose. They go to Chicago, lose. They go to Minnesota, lose. Uh, then they host Cincinnati. I have them losing that. So to me, I have them starting out at zero and six. Uh, then they go to the Rams, which I have them losing. I think that's going to be a revenge game for Matt Stafford um, and Jared Goff. But overall, weapons-wise, um, I think the Rams are going to do significantly better than Detroit is. Detroit does not have the offensive firepower uh, nor the defensive firepower, really, to, to stop um, Matt Stafford and the Rams. So uh, I have them losing to them. Uh, I have the uh, Lions actually getting their first win, hosting Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia is just as equally big of a mess um, in as far as their own respective division, there's a lot of question marks. Um, Philadelphia is rumored uh, to be in the potential trade market for Deshaun Watson, which makes sense as far as uh, them gaining all the draft capital picks that they had. Uh, so that would actually make a lot of sense that they would be able to make that trade. Um, but kind of the same thing, you know, they yes, they have Devontae Smith, uh, they have Jalen Rager, who had some flashes last year. Um, they still have Dallas Goddard. The offensive line is very old. Uh, the defense is starting to get very old. They've lost a lot of big pieces that they had as far as the Super Bowl run, and a lot of their guys um, are now starting to become a little bit more injury-prone because they're having to do more uh, since a lot of those pieces have left. Um, and I, I think Philly is just really going to struggle this year. Uh, then Detroit has their bye week. Then they go to Pittsburgh. I have them losing. Then to Cleveland, losing hosting Chicago, losing. Uh, then they host Minnesota. I actually have them winning. Um, I don't have Minnesota doing very well this year. Um, so I actually have them losing, which I think that might give them a little bit of a boost enough uh, to then they'll go to Denver, which I have them winning. Um, actually, let me make sure. Oh, they're actually going to lose in Denver. I don't contradict myself a little bit there. Uh, so I do have them losing in Denver. Um so that would actually make them go uh, 3-14, and 14, and my apologies. don't want to contradict myself off of earlier statements with the AFC West predictions that I made. Um, then they host Arizona, which I have them losing. Uh, then they go to Atlanta, which I actually have them winning. I think Atlanta is, by that time, it's going to be week 16. I think by then we're going to really see how Atlanta is finally going to go. Um, they traded Julio Jones to the Titans. They still have Calvin Ridley. Um, 
running game is a big question mark since they don't have Todd Gurley. Um, they don't have Devontae Freeman. They don't have Tevin Coleman. So all three big-name running backs that they have are gone. Um, they do have uh, Davis that they picked up from the Panthers. Um, and they do have Kyle Pitts. So they have weapons there. And Matt Ryan is still statistically a very good quarterback. Um, the defense is going to be a big question. Uh, they lost a lot of pieces in free agency. Um, Dan Quinn, of course, signing with Dallas after being fired as the head coach uh, and taking a lot of those pieces with him. Now, a lot of you know skepticism on whether or not uh, Keanu Neal is going to actually do well in Dallas, DeMonte Casey is going to do well in Dallas or not. Um, but they do have potential. Uh, they have the weapons there. Uh, it's just really can Atlanta kind of get out of their own way and Atlanta is in a very tough division. I think by week 16, uh, that's going to be a very good idea as far as, okay, how is the franchise going to move as far as directions go? Do they keep Matt Ryan? Do they trade him? What do they do with him? Um, and then they go to Seattle. Uh, I have them losing to the Seattle. And then uh, hosting Green Bay, which I have them losing. Um, so all in all, I have the Detroit Lions going 3-14. and 14. Not 4-13, and 13. Three and fourteen. My bad. Um, after that, as far as third place, I have Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is another one of those. I have a lot of big questions. You know, the wide receiver core has definitely gotten better. Uh, they have a top five running back. Offensive line is kind of a lot of questions. Kirk Cousins is statistically very good, um, but is terrible in prime time games. Um, as evident, I think he only has like one or two wins in his entire career in primetime games, which is not good. Um, and Kirk just kind of makes a lot of bad decisions. Uh, the defense is also kind of be a, a big question. Harrison Smith, still a top safety, but definitely getting older. Uh, Daniel Hunter, phenomenal edge rusher. Um, and then they still have a pretty good linebacking duo um, in Barr. And um, I can't remember the other linebacker's name. But they did add Patrick Peterson as well, so I think their secondary is going to be a lot better. Um, the Vikings I have actually going 5-12, and 12. Um, so they're going to be third. Now, I think they may even do better than that, um, depending on how other teams go. Um, but they start out, they go to Cincinnati, I have them winning. Then they go to Arizona, which I have them losing. Um, I think defensively Arizona is just a little bit better. Um, but I still predict that to actually be a really good game against Arizona. Um, then they host Seattle, I have them losing that. Uh, then they host Cleveland, I have them losing then they host Detroit, I have them winning. Then they go to Carolina, I have them winning. Uh, then they host Dallas, I have them losing against Dallas. Um, mainly, I think, because of Dallas's offensive power, and I think the defense is going to be significantly better than last year. You know, I'm not going to say anything crazy as far as, like, them being a top-five defense. I think Dallas will be about... Uh, I, I would put Dallas at about maybe 19th or 20th defense overall. Um, so kind of the bottom third. Uh, of the league, maybe like bottom middle, if that makes sense. Um, so I have them losing to Dallas, hosting them. Uh, then they go to Baltimore and the Chargers. I have them losing to both. I think the Chargers um, had a very good offseason as far as drafting, as far as free agency goes. Um, there's also still talks that Todd Gurley may even go to the Chargers as far as helping in the running back room. Um, then they host Green Bay. I have them losing. Then they go to San Francisco, which I had them winning. Uh, that'll be week 12 in November. Um, I mainly have that because I think by then San Francisco may or may not be injury-ridden again. Um, and Trey Lance may or may not be starting. 
which if that's the case, I think Minnesota would be a very rough rough team to first start out against as far as um, playing one of his first games. Uh, then they go to Detroit, which I have them losing. I think Detroit will kind of sneak a win there. Um, I think by then as well, we'll kind of see where Minnesota stands. And by then, um, I think Minnesota, for the most part, is going to be out of the playoff contention, if not very close. Uh, then they go to Pittsburgh. Then they host Pittsburgh, um, which I have them losing. Then they go to Chicago. I have Chicago sweeping them this year. Um, then they host the Rams, which I have them losing. Then they go to Green Bay, uh, which I have them winning at Green Bay, surprisingly enough, uh, which I'll go into detail a little bit about that. Um, and then they host Chicago, which I have them losing. So I have Minnesota finishing at 5-12. and 12. At second place, I have Green Bay going 8-9. and nine. And A lot of people are probably going to you know, hate on me for that or give me a lot of skepticism and grief, but, but, but hear me out. So Aaron Rodgers is you know, going to be there for one more year. They have Devontae Adams, a little bit of an injury history now. He's, played six, he's missed six games the last two years. Not terrible. That's, that's really not that bad. They don't really have a true number two wide receiver. They brought back Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb kind of has some injury history. He doesn't really have a connection with Amani Rodgers yet. That'll be kind of interesting to see. They did address some of the secondary issues, um, but I don't think any enough that defensively I would be really afraid of the Packers. Um, they kept Aaron Jones, which is fantastic. Um, but to me, I, I don't know how much Aaron's heart is going to be into playing. Um, and offensive line-wise, I think that the Packers really took a step back. Uh, Corey Lindsley is gone. Um, he is now with the Chargers, um, and uh, David Bakhtiari is hurt, uh, and apparently will not play unless he's 100%, which which makes sense. You know, he's a very highly paid and respected left tackle. He's very good at what he does. It doesn't really make sense to you know play him at you know 70, 80%, only for him to potentially get hurt longer and be out longer. Um, I would rather be without him for about a month, maybe even a month and a half. Um, and still potentially be in contention for uh, the playoffs and moving forward uh, and have him at 100% and ready to go rather than, okay, we're going to start you at you know, 70, 80%, potentially get hurt, and then lose him for the year. So I can, I can see why they wouldn't want to do that. Um, and you know, they, they did draft a kid, Josh Myers, um, this year as far as center goes. So we have a rookie potentially a rookie center. So to me, you know, and then everybody else, they've kind of started to develop and grow. Um, but offensively, I don't think they have the firepower. I don't think Aaron's heart is going to be completely in it. I think he he didn't really want to be in Green Bay, but I think just his timing, the contract situation, um, everything like that just didn't work out for him. Um, so I think, I think he'll still compete, uh, but I don't know how how dedicated he'll be to bringing a ring back to uh, Green Bay, at least. Um, so I have Green Bay actually going 8-9, and nine, um, watching a few other sports shows, listening to another few analysts. Um, they have Green Bay going about 10-7, and seven, even 9-8, and eight, um, which I could definitely see. I think Green Bay will have a little bit of a rough year. Um, so they start out uh, at New Orleans, which I have them winning. Um, 
you know, we, we don't know who the quarterback for the Saints is going to be, whether it's Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. Uh, that, and I think that the Saints took a little bit of a step back just because of a lot of the captive. Um, they also don't have Michael Thomas. Um, they did sign Chris Hogan, but with kind of a makeshift wide receiver core that they have, I don't know how well they're going to do. So I have Green Bay winning against New, New Orleans. Then they host Detroit. I have them winning. They go to San Francisco. I have them winning. Um, and then they host Pittsburgh. I have them losing. Mainly being Pittsburgh still has a very good pass rush. They signed Melvin Ingram. Uh, they still have T.J. Watt. Um, a lot of their kind of key defensive pieces are still there. They have Minka Fitzpatrick in the safety spot. Um, offensively, I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be there. Um, but, I mean, against as far as, you know, having to deal with... Uh, oh, sorry. Green Bay. Yeah. Um, they do host Pittsburgh in Week 4. Um I think Green Bay will struggle a little bit against a really good defense in Pittsburgh, no matter how bad their offense is. Um, then they go to Cincinnati, and I have them winning. Then they go to Chicago, I have them winning. Uh, then they host Washington, and I have them losing. Mainly being, you know, you look at Washington's defense. Um, they've kept everybody. Uh, they're starting to re-sign all four of those big guys up front. Um, they just signed uh, Jonathan Allen to a four-year deal. Uh, with $72 million included. Um, you have Chase Young, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan is gone, um, but, I mean, they still have w one of the best defenses out there. I think their secondary could still use a little bit of work, um, but that front four for Washington is going to definitely give Green Bay a lot of problems. Uh, and I, the reason why I have them actually losing to Washington as I think offensively Washington will be better. Um, and, and to be quite frankly with you, you know, Washington made Tampa Bay struggle, and Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl. Uh, really, Washington was the only team in the playoffs that even made Tampa Bay struggle at, at any point um, and kept it really going. Now, a lot of people are kind of reaching with Washington, you know, being the only team that can kind of dethrone uh, Tampa Bay. I don't really consider that to be true, uh, not just from being a Dallas fan, but just looking at Washington Overall, I don't think they're that good, um, but I do think they're good enough to beat uh, the Packers. Uh, then they go to Arizona, which again I have them losing. I think Arizona's defense is really good. Um, you know, with JJ Watt there, you know, definitely going to be getting after them. Uh, it'll be a question mark on whether or not Chandler Jones will be there because there is talks that Chandler Jones wants to potentially be traded from the Cardinals. So we'll see. Uh, then they go to Kansas City. I definitely have them losing against Kansas City. Uh, then they host Seattle. I have them losing that. Then they go to Minnesota. I have them winning. Uh, then they host the Rams with Matt Stafford. I think defensively, uh, that'll be a little bit of a revenge game for the Rams, uh, considering Green Bay beat them uh, in the playoffs last year. I think they have a better quarterback now with Matt Stafford. Uh, and Matt Stafford almost always has really good games against Green Bay. Um, so now with a better weapon, better defense, I think it's very possible. And, I mean, hey, he was able to beat Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Um, with the Lions when he had really good talent around him. So I think I definitely think it's possible for the Rams to get a win in that. Um, then they um, host Chicago. I have them winning. Then they go to Baltimore. I have them losing. They host Cleveland. I have them losing. Um, and then they uh, host Minnesota. I have them losing. And then going to Detroit and winning. So I have Green Bay finishing 8-9 and nine and second in the division. A lot of people could argue that. Um, that they probably even won't lose to Minnesota. That's why I could probably see them at 9-8, and eight, maybe even 10-7. and seven. 
uh, swapping a couple of those teams, maybe against, um, uh, let's see, winning against Minnesota, maybe even winning against um, Arizona, um, maybe even beating Washington, but that would be 10 and 7, maybe 11 and 6 would be about as high as I would go for them. Um, given, I think, Aaron's attitude, uh, the team's potential lack of offensive power, um, and then a lot of questions at defense, and then whether or not Aaron, Aaron's heart is going to be in it. Uh, surprisingly enough, the team that I have winning the division at 9-8, and eight, um, maybe even 10-7, and seven, is Chicago. Um, even with Andy Dalton... Um, I think Andy Dalton is going to get the start, but I think Andy Dalton's going to have a little bit of a rough time, and ergo the Justin Fields era will begin. Um, and I could even see them using Andy Dalton as trade bait, um, especially as kind of the season goes on. So Chicago starts, they start out at Los Angeles to face the Rams. I have them losing. Uh, then they host Cincinnati. I have them winning. Then they go to Cleveland. I have them losing just because I don't think offensively they're going to be able to match Cleveland's firepower. Um, then they host Detroit. They win. They go to Vegas. They win. They host Green Bay. They lose. Uh, then they go to Tampa Bay. They lose. They host San Francisco. They win. And then they go to Pittsburgh and win. So by week nine, so roughly you know halfway through because they have a bye week in week 10, they're going to be, um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, they're going to be five and one, two, three, four. They're going to be five and four. So they're going to be just over 500 um, by the by the time that week 10 rolls around. And I, I think by then we'll have figured out whether or not Justin Fields is going to start and have a couple extra weeks as far as the team won reps. Um, and then uh, they may or may not trade Andy Dalton by then because week 10, halfway through, somebody's quarterback may or may not go down. They may or may not want Andy as their starter, if not their backup, um, to help. So they, I could see the Bears very easily using him maybe as trade bait and maybe getting a better wide receiver to pair with Allen Robinson, um, maybe even with some draft picks. Uh, they come out of the bye week, then they host Baltimore, which I have them losing. They go to Detroit, I have them winning. Um, then they host Arizona, I have them losing. They go to Green Bay and lose. Um, then they... Host Minnesota, I have them winning. Then they go to Seattle, I have them losing. And then they host uh, the Giants, I have them beating the Giants. And then uh, going to Minnesota and winning. And like I said, finishing 9-8 and eight, um, and winning the NFC North. Um, I do think it's possible. I think it's very much between uh, Chicago and Green Bay as far as the division this year. Um, Minnesota may or may not sneak in there, and obviously Detroit's at the bottom, which is typically the NFC North. It's going to be between one of those three teams. Um, but again, I think with Green Bay's history, with their injuries, and a lot of question marks at different positions, um, the offensive line having to be rebuilt, is Aaron Rodgers going to be there or not? Is Devontae going to be there or not? I think they're going to be so distracted with trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do long-term? Uh, because, you know, we need to lose a lot of games if we want a decent quarterback um, to salvage this whole Jordan Love thing. And then who is he going to throw to as far as weapons goes? Um, offensive line-wise, I think they'll be set for a while. It's really young. I think if they can develop those guys, they'll have a decent offensive line. They have a good running back in Aaron Jones there for at least a little while. Uh, defensively, there are some questions because even apparently Sedarius Smith uh, feels that he needs to be paid more as far as a contract goes, so he may or may not even be there. Um, 
Colin Cowherd actually brought up a really good point uh, on his show that if they were to get another corner, another top premier corner to pair with Jair Alexander, um, this would be a different Green Bay team. Um, Aaron Rodgers has even advocated for that as far as getting defensive help. He wanted J.J. Watt. Uh, Green Bay Packers didn't really want to dish out the money for J.J., which I get. Um, but Xavier Howard from the Dolphins has officially requested that he wants trade from them. He's not happy. He stated that he's the second highest paid cornerback on his own team. And it is true, they did sign uh, Byron Jones in free agency from Dallas. Uh, made him one of the highest corners. Uh, and the guy by himself uh, had 10 interceptions out of the 18 that Miami had as a total team. So if they were to get Xavier Howard and Jair Alexander, I think Green Bay would easily have one of the scariest secondaries in the league, um, especially with Adrian Amos in the back as well. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential there. But again, I think there's going to be a lot of questions surrounding Green Bay, um, and I don't think Aaron's really going to be all invested. I think this is going to be one of those, you know, let him kind of not only still play, build his resume again, see how far he can go with what he's got, um, and also as well as, okay, let me scour to see uh, what teams are going to potentially be in the position where they are right now to make a run, and if I can make that difference or not. Um, there's a lot of talk of maybe Aaron might even go to uh, Miami. Um, the weapons they've got, the defense that they have, they have a good coach. You know, a tough division as far as the Bills, but very winnable. Um, he'd be in the AFC, which the Green Bay Packers would be a lot bigger fan of instead of training him in the conference, um, like to Washington, uh, which Washington is also another big one that they think that he could potentially go to. Uh, top defense, a very good number one wide receiver. It'll be interesting to see if Curtis Samuel does develop as a number two. Uh, Logan Thomas, not necessarily a bad tight end option. Um, Washington may even draft or get a tight end as well in the future um, with, again, another very good head coach in Ron Rivera. So it's in a also very easy division. Um, a third option, which I could, I could see them doing as a kind of just out there risque move, um, is the Giants. Uh, this year is going to really prove whether or not Daniel Jones is the guy or not. Um, they have a very good defense. They went out and spent a ton of money on weapons. Uh, they have Saquon Barkley, which is for sure uh, a top five back, if not the top back. Um, you could probably argue him and uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, are one and two. Um, not even necessarily in that order. You could probably flip-flop them very easily. Uh, you have Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. Uh, they signed John Ross in free agency. You have Kyle Rudolph. You have Evan Ingram. Um, Evan Ingram has really lived up to a lot of people's potential that I think they had for him uh, in New York, but still a phenomenal tight end. And Kyle Rudolph, as far as veteran experience, um, and still a very good productive tight end as far as blocking uh, and an end zone threat. And again, above way above average defense that they spent a lot of money on. Um, so I think for the Giants, there is a ton of potential there. And I think Aaron could go there and potentially do really well. Um, if he were to so choose, and uh, again, a very winnable division, just the same as if he was to go to Washington. Um, so I think, I think there's a lot of questions. I think this year is going to be really interesting. 
Uh, but that's my NFC North picks. That's everything I got as far as free agency news, how I feel about Texas and Oklahoma. If you guys like what you heard, please subscribe. Give me a follow. You can follow me on Instagram at Inside the Hoosier Mind. Also on Facebook. Um, if you want to chat in my Discord, please check the link in the bio. Um, you can talk with me there as far as sports. Give me any ideas. Um, we also have questions of the day as far as sports-related goes. Again, love you all. Thank you all for the support. Peace.